This is Earth Files, the award-winning news site with the latest updates in science, environment, and real X-Files. Podcasting in-depth reports beyond the 6 o'clock news by Emmy Award-winning journalist Linda Moulton Howe. Hi, everyone here and around the world. Good news. We've broken through 244,000 subscribers, and I finally have my voice back after tangling with a flu bug since last Wednesday. And in late 2022, and extending into this year of 2023, I began receiving emails and handwritten letters from Earth Files viewers asking me about a big change coming to Earth. At first, I thought it might finally be the headline that all humans deserve to see and hear from governments. We're not alone in this universe. And maybe even a web space telescope discovery of a biological signature in the fourth planet from the sun in the TRAPPIST-1 solar system 40 light years from Earth. But that still hasn't happened, at least not yet. Why are so many people then in the human abduction syndrome saying that the big change could revolve around nuclear war threats by some Earth political leaders? And another big question, are some extraterrestrials, such as the tall whites and Nordics, standing by to block any human attempt to launch nuclear missiles into a nuclear war on this blue planet? For some insights about what's happening, I reached out to Adam Burns, the graphic designer in New York City, who has been taken many times since childhood into not human craft with non-human beings. Just like in the matter world, it's real to him. Adam first contacted me in late January, 2017, when he sent me this illustration of a small whitish gray being that Adam has kept seeing over and over in his abduction experiences. And then four months later on May 30th, 2017, Adam sent me a photo of a strange two-prong puncture mark in his abdomen after an abduction. And then nearly a year later on March 11th, 2018, Adam sent this photograph of a triangular pattern of skin removed from his leg also found after an abduction. Strange skin punctures and scoop marks have long been part of Adam Burns' life, and he is now 55 years old. Adam describes ongoing abduction encounters with half a dozen different beings shown here. But Adam would characterize his experiences with these beings as valuable education by them when human populations and Earth's climate are becoming so agitated, they could become an existential threat. And last year in 2022, on this Earth Files YouTube channel, Adam and I discussed what he and other abductees were beginning to sense, what he called even then, a big change coming to Earth. And then a few weeks ago in January, 2023, Adam wrote, quote, I've been having a tremendous feeling of dread and finality recently. The beings have shown me there will be big changes this year, 
and some beginning in spring of 2023, close quote. Adam Burns was featured in the 2021 release book entitled The Unknown Other and the Existential Proposition of Alien Contact by Lester Velez, co-founder of Opus, the Organization for Paranormal Understanding and Support of People Needing Help to Comprehend Why Nonhumans Interact with Their Lives in Dreams, Telepathy, and Abductions. Adam Burns was born on February 3, 1968, in the UK, 25 minutes north of London in Hertfordshire. In his first year, his parents moved to Australia, then to New Zealand, and then back to Australia. And in his 55 years on Earth, Adam has also lived in Santa Fe, New Mexico, where in 1999, he earned an associate's degree in literature in films, and four years later, in 2003, he graduated from Brooklyn College in New York with honors and another degree in literature, art, and film. He is now a graphic designer in Manhattan and is finishing a novel about non-human hybrids on Earth. It is based on his childhood to adult abductions, most often by gray-skinned non-humans for communication with a tall praying mantis. I want to share with you now a discussion that I had recently with Adam about his January 2023 hypnosis session focused about the big change coming. Big changes are just getting nearer and nearer. There is one thing that I was shown in a hypnosis session that is very detailed. It's not so much an image as a series of events of nuclear launches being intercepted and stopped by UAP UFOs. Basically, World War III stopped from various corners of the world that is going to be the point where all these different species, all these different planets, they have to intercede because they cannot let nuclear war happen. They see a tremendous future for us, becoming enlightened beings like they are, all these different species, some helping us, and they want to help us get there. But if they come and intervene, suppose they did step in and just fix it, then we don't destroy ourselves. A thousand years from now, we will be beings who evolved from that, from that particular non-choice that was not ours. Whereas if they can just guide us and help us to get through it, past self-destructiveness, past this nuclear phase, then we will continue to evolve higher and higher minds and become a species that can really be like all these other wonderful species out there that continue enlightening and growing and enjoying a beautiful life and a beautiful history. We won't have that. It would be like we went from being wild animals to a zoo. They're trying to help us get past. If we can just limp through this wasteland of violence to the point where we've got past it and we haven't blown up this world by nuclear bombs, then we can keep growing. But I think that the thing that would tip the scales will be if one or more nuclear warheads are detonated. And they will have to stop it. And then it will be like an alien on the White House lawn. It'll be a situation where there they are and everybody can see them. We are not alone in the universe. And that will be the point where they have to just break their own code. But to answer your question directly of what the big change is, the change is humanity reaching a higher consciousness, which is what the hybridization program is. 
leading us towards. We have to keep thinking consciously, positive shift now, that just puts that positive psychic energy forward about reaching this future that is not violent death. And they're trying to lead us to that. But it's going to get to a point where we'll get close to that, but there's no certainty that we'll reach that in the pace that we have to go in a world with billions of people on it. So what you're saying is that right now from a hypnosis session and being with some non-humans that you see, they are worried that we are not going to be able to change human nature fast enough to avoid the possibility of nuclear war. And that's when the ETs will have to intervene because they're not going to allow what is happening on the earth to break through other dimensions and cause destruction in other life forms in this cosmos. Yes, they are concerned that humanity is not going to make it and they're just trying to get it done in time and trying to push it in that direction as possible because the way that it's most likely to go down is they will have to intervene at a certain point where they have no choice because they're not intervening by just changing it for us out of love for us, but not as an act of love to let us destroy ourselves. What would happen? All of the abductees and the experiences, the hybrids that are here will help to calm people so that humanity globally can cope with the fact that we're not alone. These ships are trying to stop us killing ourselves and we have to accept our place in the universe. At that point, all of the experiences that have been gradually opening up through their lives and all of the hybrids that are here that are fully aware that they're here and they're just like on a mission to another country, all of them then will help humanity to just cope with it. The hybrids and abductees will be able to help process that. And that's the change. It's going to be like the worldwide event of tremendous shock that needs to be processed. And the change is literally going from our current state to an enlightened state. But that isn't something that can happen like a flip switch. And it isn't something that we can let happen slowly, naturally over another thousand years because we won't make it. So some intervention is inevitable because we're just forcing their hand by the way we're destroying the planet and by the way we proliferate nuclear missiles and push each other politically. So that is how it's all going to go down if they have to intervene. That was shown the Earth from space to America, and it was night, and I could see just little clusters of light scattered across the U.S., but most of it was dark. And I said, why is it so dark? And I was told that there is tremendous suffering that has to happen before we can get beyond it to an enlightened state. But I don't believe they'll let nuclear warheads be detonated beyond testing to create them. These beings travel through portals and dimensions, so detonated nuclear warheads. It affects everyone. It's not just blowing up a city and a bunch of humans. Think of how radio waves go out to space. Somewhere light years from here, someone's just receiving a 1950s radio show. So it seeps out. So there's a nuclear bomb. And that's why they come here and try to stop us. Military sources saying we cannot explain why this perfectly normal launch just died in the air, just became inactive. And UFOs seen over nuclear missile bases all over the world, much reported. 
we are not alone in this universe and that it is almost quaint that there still seems to be a concept that the governments and power brokers of this planet want to maintain that we are alone in this universe because it serves some goal of their own. Yes, exactly. They need this power structure to stay the way it is, and that includes dealing with the inevitable fallout of UAPs seen by people. There's a military record of it. They can't sweep under the rugs. So what do they do? They start public inquiries, supposedly public. What they really say is, is it's just another version of Blue Book. They just say there was a lot of reflections in windows or Jupiter or... Balloons. You know, and they just tell the same old story. But they don't talk about ones that they can't explain because their inevitable problem is that they're trying to play whack-a-mole with something that has greater technology than they will conceivably have in the decades. I suddenly was standing with the Mantid under a huge dome and around us were arches of different tones, some darker than others. At the very center was this soft light. Beyond it was space and a white light on the edge of the dome, as though the edge of the dome itself was made of white light, soft, warm, creamy white light. And the mantle explained that where we are now in our consciousness is the center of this dome, where we are developing and we are aware, but we're not fully aware. And the outer edge of the dome, which is bright light and is where we need to get to, to really be in control of our consciousness as a species. It's really frequencies. The time and space that we're in is really a frequency that we're on, and they can help us see beyond it. And when I meet with them through hypnosis and I'm in a very sort of suspended state, my mind is very calm, that higher state of consciousness is where we have to get to as a species to buy, partly to overcome our own violent nature and self-destructive nature and, and our selfish thinking that is destroying us, but also to be able to communicate with all the beings out there that are at that level of consciousness and beyond. The next one we need to get to is like the gateway, the one where we can really be on par with the other beings out there and really experience the multidimensional universe and the other frequencies and so much more. Mantis wanted to show me this as something hopeful that we need to try to get to. And I asked what the domes were in between the arches. Some were darker than others. One was very dark. And Mantis took me up into the dark one. Then we emerged in space looking down on the earth at night from the side of the earth that we were on. And we saw America at night. It had most of the lights out. I just felt this tremendous feeling of loss and tragedy and suffering. And I said, what is this? And Amantis said, you're going to have to go through a lot of suffering to get to your enlightened state. The way things are going in your world, you're suffering now, but you're going to suffer more before you get to that enlightened state. Are high civilization ETs blocking nuclear war on Earth? I believe they are. I know that nuclear war's damage goes out into the universe way beyond Earth. Because they have like a prime directive and won't just jump in and say, okay, do this and everything will be fine, 
they won't just step in, but they will guide us and help us. At a certain point, if they don't intervene, they're just watching us die. So I think that crossover point is when nuclear bombs are launched and they know that they have to stop them. There's already military video and civilian video of UFOs from military bases and intercepting test missiles and blocking them. There's a lot of evidence of that. So I do think that if there was a nuclear war, they would stop it. And I think at that point, we would be facing something that can't be hidden from us anymore. If there's missiles being launched and UFOs stopping them, UAPs stopping them, that's a point where they might have to reveal themselves. That would be the point where they have to intercede rather than let us destroy our planet, ourselves, and do damage out to other species. But I'm afraid no matter how much we suffer between now and that point, they won't intercede. And that's what I was being shown here. It's going to get worse before it gets better. And we have to see the bigger picture is another thing I've been told a lot. We have to see beyond what we would like to know now to get to this higher state of consciousness. It all hinges on that. I said, will humanity reach that point? And Mented said, yes. When Mented told me that we do actually make it, it was such a shock. It just took my breath away. Just stopped breathing for a moment to think that we actually do make it. And we do have a future and a beautiful one beyond the hell that we're in now. But somehow we do make it to a higher state of consciousness. Being able to understand that we are one species on this small planet in a corner of the Milky Way and just one galaxy out of billions. And it's ridiculous to have such insular thinking. We have to get beyond it. But that's just part of it. When we get to that higher consciousness, we will be in, in contact with species and beings out there that have a lot to show us. It was only a couple of weeks ago, on May 2nd, 2023, I received this press release entitled, quote, 36% of researchers fear nuclear-level AI catastrophe, Stanford University study finds, close quote. Stanford polled nearly 500 people working in computer computational linguistics about a range of topics and concerns including the state of artificial general intelligence, known as AGI. More than a third, 36% of respondents agreed with the statement, quote, it is possible that decisions made by AI or machine learning systems could cause a catastrophe this century that is at least as bad as an all-out nuclear war, close quote. We all need to concentrate our minds not on war and nuclear missiles and bomb hell. We need to concentrate on the positive excitement of learning more and more about space and stars and other intelligences that are in our Milky Way galaxy and are here in our solar system and some are based underground on Earth. Our government has known for a long time and chose to classify reality. And I hope all of you feel it's time for reality to be declassified. If so, 
Please click on this Earth Files YouTube channel, subscribe and like buttons, and we all can keep growing and learning together at the Earth Files YouTube channel about truth. And at conferences like Contact in the Desert in a couple of weeks on June 2nd to 5th, 2023, I'll be presenting three different lectures. One on cracking open UFO secrets, one on the tall whites, and one on the link between bloodless, trackless, pristine animal mutilations and other intelligences harvesting fluids, tissues, and genetic material from Earth. I'll also be on two panels and hopefully meeting a lot of you there in the matter world where we can shake hands and exchange what it is that you have experienced and you would like someone to know. You can also buy tickets for Contact in the Desert on this website, contactinthedesert.com. And if you like this Earth Files YouTube channel, please tell your friends and families and let them know that our live Wednesday night shows are also available as podcasts. New episodes are released every Thursday after the live broadcast. Just go to podcast.earthfiles.com. And I would like to add one more thought from my transcriber. He has worked with me for years, and he had typed this recent Adam Burns interview. And he wrote to me, I thought it was perceptive, quote, the big change is such a good way of putting it because it feels like something big regarding the UFO ET phenomena is just a breath away. I'm fascinated by the way Adam references non-interference with us humans as their way, the ET's way of forcing us to make choices and changes that become our unique destiny. But it also seems like the lengths that he says the aliens go to not appear directly involved are their own kind of manipulation of our evolution for their desired outcome, close quote. It's another one of the complex facets in this extremely complex phenomena of other intelligences so bright, as one engineer said about a tall white that he worked shoulder to shoulder with in a large aerospace company. Linda, it was like standing next to a human who had a five super cray brain. Well, in the complexity of it all, my own prayers are may the thought that dwells in the light help all humans and all friendly ETs to evolve with light away from darkness and away from conflict. And Ian, I look forward now to learning what questions and comments is in the chat. Hi, Linda. Okay, well, we've got, first of all, some comments from Joe Tony, who recognized the marks 
uh, that he has on his body also. And it's the same with many people in this uh, abduction scenario. They do find themselves with the similar marks on their bodies. Which one of uh, the ones matching Adam? There were the two prong uh, and there were, um, uh, he had also bruises that we didn't show so well. Uh, but of which one, which type did the, uh, is he re referencing that he recognizes? I think uh, he's talking about three holes in a triangle on his leg and in, on other parts of his body also. All right. Yes, I've seen so many photos of these. Um, what exactly is happening? Some abductees think it may be a biopsy uh, for some genetic study. There's all kinds of uh, uh, sort of contemplating about what the actual use would be. But for people uh, who may be uh, running into, we'll call it the abduction syndrome for the first time, we're talking about decades, literally decades, going back at least to uh, the early 1960s and probably into the 1950s in Europe, where there is a pattern of interactions with balls of light, uh, paralysis in a bed, being transported sometimes in a visible uh, beam. And then people have different, what uh, Bud Hopkins used to call uh, that they would be like scoop marks and the scoop marks could be two or one or triangular. The triangular one uh, on Adam is one of the ones that I have had so many people show me photos later after they have the triangle, and it is a scar that is pink, uh, whether it's on a leg or an arm or some place. So it is these patterns of having various interactions with tissue in people who are in the abduction syndrome that has been a part of the phenomena for decades and decades. Go ahead, Ian. Um, people are also saying about the, the changes coming. Devra Devitt says, hi, change is coming because we are not alone and we are sharing this planet with those from other galaxies. <laughs> yes, I would agree. Uh, and what I do not know is if uh, tall whites and Nordics, are they other galaxy just as they are multiple planets here? I don't know that for a fact at all. I have to assume that they have the ability to get to another galaxy like Andromeda. Uh, but right now, it's uh, the, the focus of discussions with um, details with details that are not just atoms, but others, and then people in aerospace and military who are willing to talk with me about what they know firsthand. Again and again, and it's in this chat tonight, is that it's not just the two bombs that were dropped uh, in anger on Japan uh, at the end of the Second World War, but the number of nuclear tests that have taken place where there have been no, well, as far as we know, ET intervention. And is it that ETs will only intervene when UFO, when when they see that nuclear weapons are used in warfare again, it is an excellent question. What are their rules? Do they really have rules? Uh, is planet Earth in play? And in play, meaning, if everything I've been told is true, then there have been for two hundred and seventy-eight million years three 
large extraterrestrial civilizations competing with each other over Earth. And one of them would be reptilians, another would be the uh, Nordics, uh, another one would be the greys, the tall whites come into the more current picture of collaborating with the Nordics from uh, at least from current abduction uh, point of view and aerospace point of view. But that the, if you just start there, Ian, 278 million years ago, the three competing large civilizations were already at each other over this planet. That's right, the competing civilizations may have other agendas. For example, um, Korea uh, RJ says the aliens may consider this, let them destroy each other and the whole planet. After 500,000 years, we can come back and put on another species. Or even some people are suggesting that we are being saved and and uh, taken specimens being taken elsewhere to repopulate the Earth or to repopulate another planet, even yeah. if we do wipe ourselves out. Yeah, the, the Noah's Ark concept of at least friendly or uh, non-humans who want to preserve the elements of life that have been on Earth, that there is some vast, vast, vast archive of everything that has been produced, has been alive on the earth, and has passed for whatever are the complicated reasons that have to do with the dynamics of the planet in terms of volcanoes and uh, climate changes, up to this idea that there is something so extraordinary about this blue planet with all of its deep, beautiful water, and that it is conducive to being a laboratory for a lot of different species to make different life forms. But that may be one facet. This is what I think is so fascinating because there are suggestions, as you're bringing up, that it might not be just in the neighborhood, the interstellar neighborhood, or even just in the Milky Way galaxy, that there is interest in Earth. That's right. Uh, it, it could be from uh, other dimensions as well, other entities that we, we have no idea about how they how, how they are involved with us. Uh, these Jews says UFOs have been observed on military bases around missile silos for years. We know about that with uh, Robert Salas and other people, and even Rendlesham and places like that where the nuclear weapon storage areas were also under what seemed to be observation by UFOs. And Ian, let me read two quotes from two earthfiles.com reports. I've done many, many reports about uh, UFO intrusions on our nuclear Minuteman bases. One was a report I did October 28, 2010. And this was about the Robert Salas experience of 20 ICBMs shut down by UFOs at Malmstrom Air Force Base in March of 1967. And this is a quote from Strategic Air Command to Hill Air Force Base on March 17, 1967, quote, All 10 missiles in echo flight at Malmstrom lost a strat, which is strategic alert, within 10 seconds of each other. The fact that no apparent reason for the loss of 10 missiles can be readily identified is cause for grave concern to this headquarters, close quote. 
And I talked, as I have mentioned on this program previously, to one of the Boeing engineers that had been involved in uh, the, the, the whole Minuteman network there at Malmstrom. And he said there was nothing that Boeing, Boeing had built that would have, been, would have brought one of the nuclear missiles in a group of 10 down. It was one second down, two second down, three second down, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten seconds, ten missiles. He said they didn't even, they couldn't comprehend how that was done. And then back in the fall of 1973, so Malmstrom, uh, Robert Salas was March 67. So uh, uh, six years later, this was at Ellsworth Air Force Base in South Dakota. And this was an abduction. The security, quote, the security guard was a wall absent without leave because he was taken by this orange thing in the sky. There was an eyewitness to this man going up in the air, but the very few, there's very few details about him or what happened to him. But there was a U.S. Air Force Master Sergeant there, James Klanick, and he talked to me about what he knew, and he said, quote, we had full kernels in pickup trucks in the missile field looking for these lights that would park in the air on top of a missile site and shut the thing down. That happened probably five or six times a year. And that stuff was kept very, very quiet, close quote. James Klanick, retired U.S. Air Force Master Sergeant, Ellsworth Air Force Base, South Dakota, talking about fall 1973, UFOs above, missiles being shut down, and a security guard that they had one witness that said, saw an orange thing in the sky take that security guard. And these are just two of, I don't know how many, at, uh, there's 400, I think it's 466 reports at my earthfiles.com website that has to do with a Minuteman or nuclear missiles, UFOs, intrusions, all of it. So it is a huge, big subject, and it has largely been kept from us except for these outstanding cases in which uh, Captain Robert Salas, for one, uh, has, was willing to stand up and say this happened and I know it for a fact. Go ahead, Ian. Yeah, I was going to say, do you remember Terry Lovelace in his first book about uh, the incident at Devil's Den? He relates that experience that he had when he was an ambulance, uh, part of an ambulance crew that was called to a silo where he saw a huge, I think, diamond-shaped object hovering over it. He thought it was one of, one of ours, he said, first of all, but then it became apparent that it was really an ET craft. Well, if we go to the, we'll call it a hypothesis, that we're talking about a hypothesis, that all of these demonstrations in various American nuclear Minuteman missile sites, when you step back, you would say, well, gosh, maybe they're demonstrating something that is a favor to us and to the world that we will not be able to be involved in a nuclear missile war 
because there are advanced intelligences who see that that is uh, going to be self-destructive to the max, and they don't want to see that happen, and that even though there, this is alarming at one level that there would be such control, minute second-by-second -second control over our Minuteman missiles. On the other side of that demonstration by the advanced intelligence is, for me, is a kind of hope, sigh of relief. Oh, maybe they're sending a strong signal everywhere. We will not allow nuclear war on this laboratory planet. I have to worry about if Ian is there tonight because he's got a problem with the phone system and he, he called before and we didn't know if he would be here or he would lose his phone. We've been going in and out, bless his heart. And the phone company told him a few hours ago that uh, they might not have any service to where he is for another week. So. Linda, I'm very sorry, I'm having some technical problems yes, here. Yes, I was just explaining about your problem with the phone and that the phone company might not be out for a week, but, but you have been so intelligent and skillful in being able to be uh, still here with us on this night where you don't have phone service. <laughs> so God bless you. And if we have to keep calling you back, we will. That's okay. I'm just re I'm just relocating at the moment to another computer so that I can make piggyback off a neighbor's broadband. Yeah, I've got I've got some cool issues with the, the band. With uh, well, I've got some other questions and comments here okay. anyway that um, people are saying about. Uh, for example, we seem to be focused on this this time on the nuclear issue, but Eric Dion Viglioni says, what happens if ETs accidentally talk to AI? What a question. What a question. What, at exactly, they, at exactly, the yeah, yeah, at exactly the moment, the at exactly the moment on Earth where all of the headlines are headed toward and they're having meetings, Senate and other kinds of meetings about the existential threat that artificial intelligence can pose to basically taking over the planet, depending upon how it was allowed, built and allowed to uh, function independently. And the issue of having extraterrestrials who would know how perhaps, and maybe assuredly, to interact with our various kinds of computer networks, and then what would they do depending upon what their motives and agenda are, you're to this very fundamental question that always is there in the extraterrestrial discussion. Who is friendly? Who is neutral? And who is hostile? The hostiles might take over Earth entirely through AI. The friendlies and the neutrals, we would hope, would be the ones trying to alert us to the huge danger that if something like the Tronoloids out at Epsilon Eridani, 10 and a half light years, it's, no, it's nothing, it's a, it's a hop and a jump if you're using Alcubier warp drive, that the Tronoloids, they must not be allowed in any way, shape or form to, in, to have any control or any interaction with the evolution of technology on this planet. 
So I would say that the question about what happens if our evolving AI with all of its dangers is not made completely impermeable to anything that is advanced that we would call extraterrestrial intelligence, then probably the Earth is way, way, way uh, more in danger than we would imagine. But if the tall whites and the Nordics are truly as advanced, especially the tall whites as they are described, and that they have a vested interest in the evolution of the evolving standing up primates of which we are a model, we are not the only ones that they have contributed to creation, then they would have a vested interest in what happens to their genetic experiments. And it may be that whatever the future is going to bring, that we, Homo, Homo sapiens sapien, are being protected by, let's say, the tall whites in collaboration with the Nordics, because they have been responsible for some of the genetic mutations that have created changes in the evolution of standing up primates. We are one of them, and that they are truly, as at least they have said this to some abductees, they want to see humanity join with consciousness, them and others in a star network system that we would grow up away from, oh, we're alone in the universe to not only are we not alone, but that we have allies. There are tremendous horizons, just exactly as Adam Burns said that the Manted, we, we will potentially have an incredible future in which we would then be going into outer space with the tall whites and the Nordics and the others. The part that none, I don't know anybody, not in the beyond JSOC and, and the Pentagon world, I don't know anybody who has any insight about what possibly could happen if the problems of artificial intelligence are not somehow uh, blocked from interference, a different kind of interference from ETs. Tonight we're talking about them blocking us humans on Earth from using nuclear weapons that could kill life. And you turn it around, would AI be able to block them and us? So the complexities that that one question raises, Ian, takes me right back to uh, my long ago title of presentations I was doing at conferences 10 years ago, that all of this is like a hall of mirrors with a quicksand floor when you start getting into contemplating that kind of a question. What would happen if ETs would take over AI on Earth? Are you there? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know whether to, to speak or pick up again. It, with, I guess we'll just yeah, go. Yeah, no, I'm here, Linda. Okay. It's just, there's just a bit of a lag. Um, 
it, the nightmare scenario is like in the Terminator trilogy or, or whatever it is up, up to now, is that, uh, that the AI might even initiate uh, a nuclear conflict. That's right. The, this, is, uh, this is a landscape that we're entering now that is so uh, overwhelming in the potential for destroying a planet. And I don't think, I don't think anybody, I don't even think those that might be hostile want to see Earth destroyed. Oh, the idea. Well, let's Dr. not Cochran even, let's not even go chat, that direction. If they wanted to blow us up and they wanted to destroy us, they would have done so by now. They obviously have an invested interest in our planet. They are not going to yes. allow us to ruin Earth. Yes, and if we concentrate with our consciousness and this universe's consciousness, and we are concentrating on, let it all be positive in the thought that dwells in the light, that that is what we, everything we do, everything we think, every action that we want to go forward is in that direction, in the support of the light, not the dark. I think that would hold from the microscopic to the macroscopic in this universe because I think that is the major battle and that the light wants us to win in the light. That's right. And Judy Graham is in the chat as well. She says that we should all be joining together worldwide to, I believe, by praying or by influencing how we can all use our minds together to have a positive outcome. Exactly. Yeah, if we all could start concentrating on the highest frequencies that we can feel, standing in the light, breathing in the sun, and imagining the universe, like through the beautiful web telescope images of all those galaxies that go on and on and on, and that we are trying in every way possible to make our frequency that we feel that we are concentrating on is that what we see in these incredible images. I think it then strengthens all who do that against penetration by something that is in the negative frequency. So that may be as old as time, but I really do think it can make a difference. And Erico Dion Viglioni as well has another point here talking about the environmental impact. ETs are letting us destroy the rainforests. Why? Well, that is an extremely interesting question. I'm not sure that I understand the specificity of the rainforest with knowledge that ETs are allowing destruction of. Can you fill that in, Ian, or with her or with somebody? What is the uh, evidentiary connection between ETs allowing rainforests to be destroyed rather than humans? I I suppose, in a way, it's a reference to so many people in the abduction uh, experience who, who uh, are suddenly very concerned about the Earth and about uh, the impact of, uh, of, uh, of our impact on the Earth and what we're doing to the Earth. You know, we've had it from way back how people have become... Do you remember in the time of um, Bud Hopkins and his, uh, his Brooklyn Bridge abduction yeah. with uh, Linda Cortile, yeah. who... Uh, who was um, also 
Uh, I think it was those security guards who suddenly found themselves, um, uh, who were abducted, who were talking about the fish and about how they were so concerned. But we hear time and time again that people are concerned or that they seem to be concerned after the ET experience that well, um, with what we're doing to the environment. Uh, Jim Sparks, who was uh, an abductee, and I did a tremendous number of interviews and conferences with him, he was overwhelmed with feeling like that he and he alone was somehow with ETs going to save the rainforest, save the rainforest. And that uh, I was with him in many discussions. Uh, he was very emotional about how necessary it was to save the rainforest because of the movies he was being shown in his mind's eye, in his case it was just greys, by the greys, and that the rainforests were one of the keys to the survival of the planet. Now tonight, it sounds like you're putting, posing a question that is sort of the opposite, and do you, Ian, can you translate between what I would have uh, I would have said that the abductees have who have had environmental discussions with ETs or been shown movies, it would always be about saving, not destroying. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've not known any that have been in the opposite way. It's always been to save and to cherish, and it seems to be that that a lot of people who our experiences are also so much more in touch with nature and uh, and the pres- preservation of the planet. If we, if we allowed the rainforests of this planet to be destroyed, along with huge agricultural lands from not taking care and dealing with the changing climate, then in the end, that would be humanity basically uh, killing itself by suicide. It is irrational and every human should be trying as best they can to be trying to preserve the world and the land around them because that's the planet that we have to live on currently. And Christopher Alexander in the chat says, if we can agree that they are in control of the silos, that's the ETs in control of the silos, it's fair to ask, are they also handling nuclear subs and briefcases? And I think that's uh, what someone else said, that they can draw some comfort in that perhaps our future use of nuclear weapons is in the hands of benevolent ETs rather than the hands of humans. Well, that is the whole irony of the show tonight and talking with Adam Burns is that is the implication from everything that he's experienced with the varieties that he has had uh, abductions to craft with those half a dozen different ones and that it is the praying mantis that has been the constant, I guess you would call the, the mind of consciousness in his abductions and that it is that being who is getting across that exact same message, that for humanity to survive, it is going to have to learn how to live with and sustain the planet that it lives on. And you're not going to do that if any nuclear war took place. 
Therefore, it seems to me his whole story is 2 plus 2 equals 4. The advanced intelligences are saying they will intervene. That word intervene comes up about 50 times in that recorded interview. They will intervene to prevent Homo sapiens sapien from launching. And I guess then Homo sapien sapien hearing these words from something they still have not been allowed to meet, whether by government, uh, government restriction, maybe the Nordics and the tall whites do not want or feel that they can be uh, introduced to the earth in a regular, here we are and here's where we're from and here's what we have been doing on your planet for 278 million years. I think we're ready for that. I think it might help uh, diffuse human wars if we would finally get to honest, open introductions of these beings and have introductions about where they have been on this planet, what they are doing in the solar system and beyond, having to do with preserving life, not destroying life, as humans are now doing on this planet everywhere. Yeah, um, Matthew uh, 1981 in the chat says, um, two World War II bombs were exploded and after all the tests were not stopped, these aliens won't stop a nuclear apocalypse. But um, it, this is, goes back to, to what people are saying, that, that those were the only two times. We don't know whether or not ETs have interacted with us to stop this and whether or not they will do. But it, it's at least we're hearing that there is an ET agenda, benevolent ET agenda, which will not allow this to happen. Well, um, Thomas Lopez says, maybe they only intervene in major apocalyptic scenarios because we need to fix these other problems ourselves. Well, two things. One, you could argue that the very fact that the United States did an atomic bomb test, the first on the Earth, in July of uh, 1945, I think it was July 16th, and that was at the Trinity site, big first explosion. And then in uh, August, uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, two atomic bomb blasts that killed millions of people. I've always thought it was a contradiction, the whole subject of non-humans in the 20th to the 21st centuries demonstrating all of this intricate control over our Minuteman missiles telepathically communicating to humans that they will not allow us to have nuclear war. And yet I've brought this, uh, what seems like a contradiction or a paradox up many times with people. If that is the case, why didn't they stop the Trinity site experiment in July of 45 and then the dropping of the bombs in Japan? It seems like that there's a contradiction here. And the only reconciliation between all of the different parts about, well, the ETs demonstrate on the one hand that they can control everything literally down to a second on what happens to our Minuteman missiles, that if they have abducted military people right out of a, a Minuteman site, if they are communicating that we will not allow, that's what they're sending the signal, we're not going to allow you 
to use these weapons in a war. And if we said, but you didn't stop the test, then it may be that there is this whole thing that Adam talks about. They are always, they, the advanced intelligences are always watching for the independent actions of the life forms they are monitoring. And it may have been, since that was the very first atomic bomb explosion, at least in, we'll call it the, the, the non-Anunnaki phase, which may have been exploding nuclear weapons during the time of the Anunnaki. But if they were watching right up to the last minute, are they really going to do X? Then, the, uh, at White Sands, at Trinity site, that test would have been one of the answers. It's not war. They're doing a test. Will they go the next step? And that would have been what happened in Japan. Adam would say that that is the way that the tall whites and the Nordics approach. They watch. They are wanting to see what our own reasoning, other beings' reasoning, where will we come down? And they're hoping that we will continue to move on to an evolutionary path where we will stop choosing conflict and war of any kind. So I can sort of argue that might have been why 1945 was allowed to happen. It was a test. Will they really do this? And they did. And then from here on into this century, they have demonstrated their ability not to fight us, but to make sure that our nuclear weapons would be neutralized. If that is happening, yeah. I would like uh, to, it, I'd like to hear uh, from anybody in our audience tonight who has been in the military, who may have served any base where there were Minuteman missiles, who might be able to give some more insights that I could report next week in the Earth Files YouTube channel about is it possible that the overseeing by tall whites and Nordics is always going right up to the very last second of anything that they are monitoring to see what humans will do without outside restriction. And ultimately, if we could become allies with them, maybe this entire planet would never have war again. Well, yeah, that's, 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 um, uh, it, again, we, we, we ask for anybody who's got any information, personal information, uh, to contact us at earthfiles at earthfiles.com, particularly on this subject, if they're in the military and they did uh, experience any of this intervention or takeover, let us know about it. Um, also, don't forget that I think it's Einstein was quoted as saying that if World War Three was fought, World War Four will, will be fought with sticks and stones. And maybe, as you were saying, the first two explosions in warfare in Japan 
were allowed to happen or not intervened, there was no intervention, so that we would perhaps learn a lesson from the past. And they are the scariest photos of history to me. And the fact that the ripples of those two bombs and that test, literally from 1945 to 2023, we haven't gone to nuclear war. And now we're sitting at a time where I would imagine everybody in the audience, you get up in the morning and you want to know, has anybody set off any nuke? Because there's something about this entire, uh, we'll call it the, the, uh, the age of uh, not just change, but everything feeling like it's falling apart. And the issue of could any of, without naming names, any of the various countries who are rattling swords with each other, could they willfully, consciously, in 2023, launch one or more nuclear missiles that will be the beginning of the end of the world as we know it? And something feels in me like when he said that his, he, he stopped breathing when the praying mantis telepathically communicated to Adam, it will, you have to go through some bad times. It, ha it will get worse before it gets better. But in the end, you make it, you make it. And Adam said he stopped breathing. I understand what that feels like because I am so worried about what is going to happen in this beautiful planet all the animals and all of the plants, every day I wake up, it is of anxiety. And if we finally got to a place because, because those atomic bombs dropped on Japan, I think have restricted, we'll call it consciousnesses that might have gone into nuclear war just for the hell of it, but it's too big a hell. It is really too big a hell. And that may be one of the tamping down right now of what could have gone into nuclear war now. And Linda, God help us, that never happens. Yeah. Just bring you one final comment, if I may, from yeah. uh, someone calling themselves Alien Hybrid in the chat this evening. It says, and this reflects on what you've done with uh, John Brandenburg and the work that he's done. Uh, they say they, they already watched Mars destroyed by nukes and don't want it to happen to Earth. I completely think that is true. I think that the whole Anunnaki, whatever it was, it, it, I think it is responsible for the glassy trinitite in the Sahara Desert and that eventually we will find archaeology on Mars as John Brandenburg has uh, eloquently spoken about in his own research as uh, a physicist who has worked on projects related to Mars. And so that means that there is a precedent to planetary destruction by nuclear weapons and that somehow, if this is a conscious universe, and we are another one of the evolving consciousnesses, how, with everything that we have been exposed to, how could we possibly, how could any 
of those geopolitical power brokers out there willfully choose to destroy planet Earth. And that's when the next dot, dot, dot always comes into mind. And that's why the tall whites collaborating with the Nordics will not, in the end, they will not let this planet be destroyed. I would at least like to continue on feeling that that is one of the contextual pieces that is at work on the earth now, that there are consciousnesses advanced. They do not want to see earth destroyed. And that may in the end be what gives humans time to grow up more and finally stop killing each other. That is my prayer every day, Ian. Linda. Yes. Are you there? I'm sorry. I'm having technical difficulties again now. I'm sorry I'm losing you again. God bless you. We are at the end of our uh, hour. You have uh, been, as always, Ian, you, you never give up. I love that. Uh, and he's really been faced with a lot of problems. He called us before. So cheers for Ian. Cheers back to all of you. I am looking forward to your comments about what you feel to your core, to your soul core, about what feels like, to me, everything feels like the most dangerous time I have ever felt on this planet as a human being. I have never in my life felt it has a palpable feeling, like there's danger, there's real danger on this planet. And if eight billion minds concentrated on light and peace and no war, no bullets, no lasers, no nukes, the universe itself might resonate with our minds and stop war forever. I truly love you. Thank you for being here, and I'll see you next week.
Thanks for listening to this Earth Files podcast from the edges of science, environment, and real X-Files. Go to www.earthfiles.com to see more than a thousand Earth Files reports with photographs, drawings, and documents. And visit Earth Files every day, every week, for new reports and new podcasts. That's www.earthfiles.com. 